Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They do great work, and you can find out more and give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific program for you today, including... Guests uh, Kathleen Pasadoma will be joining us. She is our state senator. We'll also visit with Boo Mortensen. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Less Government. He'll be joining us as well. It is July the 5th. I hope you had a good Independence Day. And on this day in 1865, in the East End of London, revivalist preacher William Booth and his wife Catherine established the Christian Mission, later known as the Salvation Army, determined to wage war against the evils of poverty and religious indifference with military efficiency. Booth modeled his Methodist sect after the British Army labeling uniformed ministers as officers and new members as recruits. The Christian mission, which uh, in which women were given ranks equal with men, launched campaigns into London's most forsaken neighborhoods. Soup kitchens were the first in a long line of various projects designed to provide physical and spiritual assistance to the destitute. In the early years, many in Britain were critical of the Christian mission and its tactics, and the members were often subjected to fines and imprisonment as breakers of the peace. In 1878, the organization was renamed the Salvation Army, and with two years later, the first U.S. branch opened in Pennsylvania. During the Great Depression, the Salvation Army provided food and lodging for those in need, and during both world wars, it distinguished itself through work with the armed forces. By then, it had become appreciated as an important international charity organization. Today, the Salvation Army, still based in London, has branches in more than 75 countries, The Army operates evangelical centers, hospitals, emergency and disaster services, alcohol and drug rehabilitation programs, community centers, social work centers, secondhand stores and recreation facilities. Voluntary contributions and profits from the sale of publications fund the organization. Unfortunately, Salvation Army got a little bit woke in recent years, but nevertheless, uh, their organization is staffed by people who are very modestly paid, they do terrific work, and uh, Salvation Army is really one of the great organizations worldwide, helping the destitute, the poor, and those in need. Well, I hope you had a good 4th of July. There's several that didn't who were planning on traveling. More than 10,000 flights were delayed, and nearly 1,000 were canceled during the holiday weekend. Approximately 20% of the flights were delayed, and 2.8% were canceled. A staggering number of cancellations and delays due to staffing shortages, and yet Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg remained quite silent. Instead of actually solving uh, the ongoing problem plaguing the U.S. airline industry, Pete Buttigieg told disgruntled travelers they are entitled to a prompt refund if their flight gets canceled. I'm sure that really helps you if you're located in Topeka, Illinois, or... Uh, Kansas trying to get back to uh, someplace on the East Coast. Uh, but nevertheless, they, he gave it a good try, and you have to give him credit. Well, the suspected shooter who opened fire from a rooftop got a ladder and got on a rooftop on a July 4th parade in Highland Park, Illinois, killing at least six and wounding 24 others, has been arrested by the Chicago law enforcement. During a press conference, Highland Park Police Chief Lou Jogman announced the suspected uh, gunman was arrested around 6.30 p.m. by North Chicago police officers. The suspect fled the arresting officers attempting to perform a traffic stop. He initiated, attempted to uh, initiate a traffic stop on the subject that it did flee. A brief uh, pursuit went on. The subject was taken into custody without incident. So that's good news. The gunman was on the roof of approximately eight hours, for approximately eight hours after the shooting occurred, was on the run, I should say, uh, occurred uh, after the 10.15 a.m. A red flag law, a waiting period for gun purchases, licensing requirements, and numerous other gun controls did not prevent the July 4th, 2022 Highland Park attack. Even uh, Mike Bloomberg's Every Town for Gun Safety lists Illinois as the state with the sixth 
most stringent gun laws in the country. Moreover, Gabby Gifford's gun control group gives Illinois a grade of A- on gun control. Uh, Illinois has a red flag law, a waiting period for gun purchases, gun owner licensing, domestic violence laws, open carry regulations, and numerous other controls. President Joe Biden nevertheless renewed his gun control push for the July 4th attack on the parade in Highland Park. At least 54 people were shot in Mayor Lightfoot's Chicago uh, Friday into Monday morning. 54. Those 54 shooting victims do not include the individual shot at the Highland Park parade. Unbelievable. The Chicago Sun-Times reports that 320 people were killed in Chicago January 1st uh, through July 3rd, 2022. So sad. I don't want to diminish the importance of what happened in this crazy incident that occurred on the July 4th parade at Highland Park. But I do want to emphasize that uh, gun control problems don't have a lot to do with solving the problem. In fact, I saw a special with, uh, I think it was Tucker Carlson today, uh, interviewing Balansaro in, in uh, Chile. And uh, he re-implemented uh, and loosened the gun control laws, and uh, murders went down 30%. So perhaps there's a correlation between con- uh, concealed carry and the safety in the streets. I happen to think so though I don't have proof. Well, hot dog eating champion Joy Chestnut managed to take an animal rights protester down while setting a new hot dog eating record on Monday during his uh, 15th Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest, a contest he won by 20 hot dogs as he almost leisurely downed 63 dogs. An animal rights protester in a Darth Vader mask charged the stage and tried to steal Chestnut's spotlight The hot dog eating champion casually turned, put Darth in a headlock, and showed that the force is indeed strong in him. The sign read, Exposed Smithfield Death Star. The sign appears to be a reference to an animal rights situation in Utah. In any event, he might want to protest (laughs) someplace else, and good old Joey Chestnut wins it again. Uh, Unbelievable 63 hot dogs just creaming the competition. While President Joe Biden spent Independence Day staring down arguably his toughest challenge since entering the White House, historic inflation coupled with months of legislative setbacks has saddled the president with his worst approval rating since entering the White House. Meanwhile, midterm voters consistently ranked the economy as their top priority and with looming prospect of losing control of Congress, the White House's message sounds totally different than the one uh, last year. Back then, the administration enthusiastically said that Biden's policies had drastically reduced Independence Day price tags, repeatedly posting on social media and even putting together videos about the president cut the cost of July 4th cookout by 16 cents a person compared to 2020. However, according to the Farm Bureau, a July 4th cookout this year cost $10 more per person than in 2021. Instead of heading into the holiday weekend this year touting the decreased cost of cookouts, Biden was forced to rally support for his proposed gas holiday. Here's a quote. President Biden's call for federal tax holiday, gas tax holiday, has overwhelmingly overwhelming support from American people, the White House tweeted. Congress should pause the federal gas tax and diesel tax for 90 days to help families pay less at the pump and, state, uh, and states should find ways to deliver additional relief. Furthermore, Biden, he says, after all, hey, I'm running for president again. I got to get some support here. Furthermore, Biden has gone on the defensive in recent weeks. Rather than focusing on his current record, he's drawn attention to Republicans whom he claims will raise taxes on low and middle class consumers should they retake the congressional majorities in November. I'm not kidding. He really said that. He also suggested that criticizing him over the nearly $5 per gallon uh, national gas pack, uh, average is tantamount to opposing Ukraine in its war against Russian invaders. The American people understood. The American people rose to the moment. The American people did what they always have done, defend freedom around the world. They chose to stand with the people of Ukraine, Bud said in a speech announcing the gas tax holiday proposal. So for all those Republicans in Congress criticized media for the high gas prices, are you now saying we should were wrong to support Ukraine? Are you saying we were wrong to stand with uh, up against Putin? Are you saying that we would rather have low gas prices in America and Putin's iron fist in Europe? I don't believe that, he said. Well, I, you know, that's kind of a binary choice, but I would suggest most people just don't want you to be president anymore, uh, Mr. President. 
Anyhow, it's not the economy that's troubling the president. Last Friday's Supreme Court decision overturning Roe v. Wade, the nation's landmark abortion ruling, is further souring his future political prospects. Today I was joined by a group of governors who share my outrage, he called it, outrage, at the Supreme Court's extreme decision on Roe v. Wade, he said Friday. They understand what it's, what's at stake and they're doing everything in their power to protect the woman they serve, said Biden. The president has urgently called on Congress to pass a bill codifying Roe v. Wade and have even gone so far as endorsing filibuster reform to get it done. However, following comments from Senators Kirsten Sinema and Joe Manchin, it doesn't look like the Democrats are going to pull that off. President Biden is desperately calling for something that would not happen before the midterms. One uh, senior Democratic staffer told the Washington Examiner, it's absolutely paramount voters put Roe on the ballot. This year, from voting rights to clean energy, the current Congress has made it clear they're incapable of acting on the issues voters care about, and now women's lives are literally at stake. Something needs to be done. Talk about out of touch. Uh, you know, clearly they've got the wrong priorities. People don't care about those things. They care about putting food on the table and gas in the, ga in the uh, gas tank. But nevertheless, uh, the president's in a sorry state right now and just doesn't get it. You want to talk about corporate mania, uh, media's waning influence over public opinion. Donald Trump is currently, get this, the most popular politician in America, according to the latest polling from Harvard Caps Harris Poll. Despite seven years and billions of corporate dollars spent to destroy him, despite two fake impeachments in this kangaroo January 6th committee, Trump's favorable rating is higher than any other politician in America, including pay politicians the fake media has spent billions of dollars propping up like AOC. The poll was taken uh, January, or excuse me, June 28th and 29th with uh, over 1,000 voters. A total of 42% have a favorable opinion of Trump. That puts him two points ahead of second place Bernie Sanders. Believe that or not, he's number two and three points ahead of Vice President Mike Pence, who sits in third place. And four points ahead of his fraudulency, Joe Biden, who sits in fourth place. Also of interest is the fact that 26% of those polled had a very favorable view of Trump, which is well ahead of second place in very favorable category. Ron DeSantis, who has 19% very favorable, uh, rating an overall favorable rating of 34%. Only two politicians enjoy a net favorable rating, and one of them is, guess what? Ron DeSantis. Tim Scott's the other. Uh, he's got a three-point uh, favorable uh, versus unfavorable rating. The politician with a net worst favorable rating are soon to be former Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi, uh, Senator um, Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, uh, and uh, two-time presidential loser and female clock uh, Hillary Clinton at minus 19 points. Trump is a minus eight, which is just really surprising to me. Uh, so people who don't like Trump just plain don't like Trump. That's really interesting to me. It's irrational in my opinion, but irrespective, everybody's entitled to their opinion. This is America. Uh, this segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit johnsonsairconditioning.com also brought to you by life in naples magazine be in the know and stay up to date by reading life in naples the website is lifeinnaples.net coming up kathleen pasadomo our state senator that and more right here in the bob harden show on the bob harden broadcasting network stay tuned for more of the bob harden show here on the bob harden broadcasting network I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. 
Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. I proudly serve on their board, among other things, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative, and you can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with our our state senator and soon-to-be president of the Senate in Florida, Kathleen Pasadomo. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning, Kathleen. Hey, what a nice column uh, in the Naples Daily News on the front page about you and uh, <laughs> your, your profiling you and your legislation. Any thoughts and comments? Yeah, I, uh, I, I was usually you're presently surprised when you have um, positive press. Um, but, you know, the reporter was, uh, you know, he, he asked good questions, and I answered. And he reported as I said. <laughs> <laughs> which, which is novel in and of itself. Well, anyhow, you certainly deserve the, uh, deserve the praise, so congratulations to you. Thank you. One of the things that uh, you had mentioned in the interview is that you want to address one of your priorities as being the president of the Senate and our state senator is addressing affordable housing in Florida. I wonder if you'd be willing to comment on that. Yeah. You know, um, and as I mentioned, when I moved to Naples in 1979, the, one of the big issues was lack of affordable housing. Mm -hmm. Over the years, they changed the name to uh, workforce housing, and now they call it attainable housing. It, you know, it's all the same thing, and we have not really addressed it locally uh, that well, nor on a statewide level. My my philosophy is every uh, everyone in the state of Florida should be able to uh, live in safe, attainable housing, and with safe being a priority. You know, for example, in Miami, you can buy the median home price is like five or six hundred thousand dollars yeah. and that's for a house that you wouldn't want to live in because it's not safe so um i have a lot of ideas i think the the bottom line is government never knows how to be creative and think outside the box mm -hmm. you know we have little square boxes that we put everybody in and i'm calling together affordable housing developers um people who who do this for a living to um give us ideas on, on what would best work for our state. And it has to be on a statewide level. And I think there's like two issues. One is local governments, uh, by and large, don't want to address it yeah. because they have a lot of this feeling of, you know, not in my backyard, but they're missing the, the boat because in, in the box that they're looking at, they look at uh, affordable housing as like slum housing. And that doesn't have to be yeah. if we get creative and talk about mixed income 
as we talk about mixed use, that should change things. And the local government has to be willing to um, allow density bonus credits for, um, you know, all kinds of things, in addition to allowing residential uh, rentals in uh, some uh, commercial zoning like strip centers and the like that can be rehabbed. And and you've seen it with um, the big box stores that are, some of them are now apartments. So my goal is to be creative, come up with something that we could look at on a statewide level to help local governments uh, work on uh, providing, helping to provide uh, safe, attainable housing for the people who work, you know, not just, uh, you know, we're talking about people that are like secretaries and clerks and um, police officers, police and, you know, everything. Right. right. I'm sorry, I'm going to roll. No, I I really appreciate your comments because it really concerns me. The whole topic, of course, gets into the whole notion of government getting involved in private enterprise. But the, uh, the steps that you've outlined including uh, getting people involved who are in private enterprise, coming up with solutions, and then perhaps offering incentives to uh, reward those who are going to help solve the problem. And and I um, am on the record of saying I do not support uh, um, initiatives such as uh, freezing rent uh, rates, et cetera, on private uh, individuals or private companies that own rental apartments. That's not the way to go. You know, we taxpayers have agreed to put money into uh, the Sadowski Trust Fund from documentary stamp tax sales. That may, that's taxpayer money, but they've authorized the state to collect it. So we should be able to use those kind of dollars as mm-hmm. incentives. And the, the other problem is there's too much emphasis on home ownership. And there's so many people today that, you know, how can you, if you're making... Uh, you know, even $100,000 a year, you can't afford a $500,000 house. Right. And that's about what the going rate is on the coast. That's refreshing to hear as well, because uh, having affordable rentals, I mean, actually owning a home, that's kind of an interesting thing here in the United States. In Canada, there's less emphasis on that. And, uh, it's, of course, right. many people have benefited from that. But it, it's, if it's not affordable, people just need to place a roof over their head, as you point out, uh, a safe environment, a safety in their home, and a place right. where they can raise right. their families uh, well. Exactly. And that's, uh, that's my goal. That's my overarching statement, safe, attainable. And whether it's purchase or rent, it has to start out by being safe. Well, thank you for sharing that. One other thing that Colin pointed out is that you're running unopposed this year. You don't have yes. a, <laughs> so that <laughs> kind of takes the heat off, doesn't it? It does. It does. I mean, I I don't I don't think that as a mandate to do what I want to do, kind of thing. No. I, I just look at it as um, I think people are willing to give me a shot. Um, I've shown that I could, you know, work well with everybody, and that's my plan. Uh, I'm not a rabble rouser, but again, I you know I want to. I want us all to be successful. I want the governor to be successful. And, and I think, you know, we can do that um, in, collegially, yeah. hopefully. Well, we will, I'm sure. Uh, how's it looking for uh, the, the midterms? Uh, I think there's going to be a red wave. I, I think it's pretty clear. Um, I jokingly say that uh, our biggest uh, supporter is Joe Biden <laughs> because <laughs> of some of the policies that he's putting in place are just disastrous for the country and people are going to want to change. Do you realize if you don't like paying high prices for gasoline that you're not supporting the war in Ukraine? <laughs> he actually said that yesterday. <laughs> Unbelievable. You no, know, that's a totally different issue. I mean, obviously we don't want Russia to be overrunning Europe. Right. But that's it, what's going to happen. But um, if we don't, you know, rein them in. But on the other hand, uh, trying to blame... Uh, some of his policies on on the war makes no sense. Absolutely. Kathleen Pasadomo, again, our state senator, soon to be Senate president in the state of Florida. Just genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Have a great day. You as well, Kathleen. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Boo Mortensen. Always a refreshing interview. We'll do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
do you suffer with chronic pain and discomfort? After back surgery, I had painful tendons and muscles and difficulty standing upright. On a referral, I visited Dr. Alec at I Am Designed to Heal, Naples' only vitality and longevity practice where acupuncture, medical massage, energy healing, and integrative holistic medicine are harmonized to create a one-of-a-kind restorative experience. After only two visits, my pain began to dissipate and I could stand and walk more upright. It was amazing. I plan to continue my treatments to enhance my sense of well-being. Don't suffer needlessly with discomfort and pain. Improve your quality of life. See for yourself and make an appointment by visiting the website IamDesignedToHeal.com. That's IamDesignedToHeal.com or you can call or text Dr. Alec at 239-322-3817. That's 322-3817. Visit IamDesignedToHeal.com for an amazing, one-of-a-kind, restorative experience. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, building a 44,000 square foot performing arts center in downtown Naples, and also bringing you professional New York style theater at its very best. And you can get tickets now and find out more. Visit the website, golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, we have with us Boo Mortensen. It's time to find out what's new with Boo up in Madison, Wisconsin. Boo, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. Did you love the 4th of July? Did you celebrate it at all? We did. You know, I had my hip uh, replaced recently, so we couldn't be too active. But we actually went over to, we had a golf tournament at our club and went over and watched some of the players play, just kind of intimidated them and acted as the gallery. And (laughs) it was a lot of fun and then enjoyed a nice barbecue lunch. And so, and then watched some baseball. So couldn't be better than that. Ah, what an American day. Grilling out golf and baseball. That's right. (laughs) How about you? Uh, yeah, we just, we just hung around. Uh, it was a great day. It was beautiful. And, uh, we had friends over and, you know, we're in, in a spot in Madison where we can see about eight different towns around Madison that blow off their fireworks. So it was kind of a firework extravaganza. Wow. Great. But this is what I got to tell you. This is what I find shocking. I, I, and I shouldn't be shocked. You know that one out of three people don't even know how to spell independence? Yes, I can believe that. That's very sad. I might be one of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, but it gets worse. That's, that's the highlight of the study. Also, two out of three young adults of the Generation Z, mm-hmm. whatever Generation Z is, they don't know who America declared its independence from. Oh. Some of them, they think that the 4th of July celebrates America's independence from Native Americans. Really? Yeah. That's so sad. I mean, you know, you Even think... Even some people have said South America. Wow. You South know, America? We stand on the shoulders of so many people who made the ultimate sacrifice and, and a commitment to create what we have today. It's just unbelievable. It's, we should feel such gratitude for our forefathers, for our for the founders of the United States of America. And uh, it's just a shame that some people are just saying it's all about a day off and hot dogs. Yes, I agree. And we all should take a moment to reflect that we have all won the lottery. The life lottery, right? By virtue of our birthright of being born here, 
No question about it, boo. Yeah, we really should. And, and of course, there's a lot of people that don't know how many stars. They, they think that Puerto Rico is a state. Yeah, really? No, this is, this is from a, some sort of a survey or, or poll? Yeah, of course. I mean, I and who who runs all these polls is always a mystery to me. I have no idea. I don't even know if this is even real news. It could be just fake news. <laughs> I'm becoming very sus- suspect of what I read on the Internet. It could all be fake, but you know what? It kind of makes sense. But yet, our it, this to me shows how our school system is failing our kids. Right. They don't teach civics. or Or maybe they try to, and these kids don't show up to classes. They show up with their cell phone the teacher says you have to turn in a paper and they eh, maybe i will maybe i won't i think that somewhere along the line there's something just tragically wrong with our school system our yeah. education system i think that's right i must uh, it gives me an opportunity to point out that the uh, desantis governor desantis and the legislature put in place a required civics exam for all students uh, and you have to be able to uh, take the exam in order to graduate from high school. And the scores now are up pretty dramatically, especially among minorities and where English is a second language, people uh, taking the test. And it includes the very basic things that you're talking about now so that people understand what the republic is. It's not a democracy. It's a republic that we, you know, we have a, a division of power. That uh, And you go right down the list. These are the things that the kids are getting tested on, and they now understand as a result of preparing for the exam. Well, good for Florida, good for DeSantis, but what's going on in all the other states? <laughs> nothing good. <laughs> it's nothing, no, nothing good. It's, uh, but, boy, they sure know what a binary... Uh, sexual person. I don't even know what binary means, to tell you the truth, especially when it has to do with sexuality. But boy, they're sure sure are teaching all of that in school, aren't they? They are indeed. And critical race theory. There's, I don't know. I'm, I'm maybe I'm getting to be too cynical about all of this. Um, well, you you I heard didn't you heard didn't you that uh, Biden and the Democrats have come up with a, a trans a transgender bill of rights or something like. That? It's just unbelievable. First of all, in my opinion, there's no such thing as a transsexual. You're either a male or a female. Now, you may want to make changes on that. You may be unhappy about it. You may have some sort of psychosis about it. I mean, I get all that. But the point is, you're you're one or the other. You're not a trans anything. Yes, but I'll tell you, that's becoming the minority thought in in, uh, today's day and age. You talk to a young college kid... And holy Toledo, are they sensitive about all of that? Is that right? Wow. Yeah. At least the few that I've talked to are like, oh, my God. You know, and they insist that you talk, call them, refer to them as they, not he or she. They. Yeah. They are going. I mean, it's just, it's so crazy. On a different note, I did what I did do over the weekend, and I recommend to uh, your listeners, go see... Top Gun, the the latest one huh. uh, that was directed by Tom Cruise. It is so awesome. Is it, it really? Is, oh, it is so wonderful. Um, and it's it's an old-fashioned action-packed movie. There's only one swear word in it. Uh, there's not nudity. There's not. It's just a good old-fashioned action-packed movie wow. where you go out of there and you go it was awesome you know i uh, and the people that i've talked to say you've got to see it in the theater don't wait for it to come you know to your to you uh to be available in your home they people are saying you got to go to the theater and see it you do you do because of all the the uh dog fights and just the the all the planes and that the larger than life <laughs> stuff you have to the tv is too small a screen. You got to get the full effect. Sounds it's, just, it's just so great. Top Gun will do. And speaking of which, uh, before I let you go, did you watch any of the LIV, the Live Golf Tournament this weekend? No, I did not. Well, now did I, you? I brought it up with friends. Yes, we actually watched oh three or four hours of it. It was quite exciting and fun to watch. 
uh, had one friend that I brought it up with us. Uh, I refused to watch it because of what uh, 9-11 and, and the Saudis and what they did and that, that kind of thing. So people are very upset about, you know, uh, the, the uh, who's sponsoring it, the Saudis. But nevertheless, if you take a look at the product, it is so exciting because they have a team concept of playing golf. In other words, each foursome, is, each foursome plays against the other foursomes. And in the meantime, each person is playing against the field. So it creates this level of competition that's so exciting and so much fun to watch. You know, I may, but I think I'm kind of in the camp of your friend. Yeah. Uh, you know, human rights. There are no human rights in Saudi Arabia, and they're doing it for the, strictly for the money. Yeah. I, <clears throat> I just think there's something just cheesy about it. It yeah. just doesn't ring right with me. Well, I certainly respect that and understand that, but I must say you have some of these people like Phil Mickelson. He, they gave him $200 million to come over to the Live uh, Tournament. Now, there's years ago, he's 52 years old. He's in the twilight of his career. If he stayed in the PGA, he's going to make something like another 5 or $10 million. Well, it's not cheap. It's not short money, but my goodness. I mean, they're just making it impossible for people to say no to this. Well, you throw enough money at anything and you can get what you want. I, I, I agree with that, but I have an enormous amount of respect for the uh, guys that said, nope, I'm sticking with them that brung me. Yeah, My no. loyalty is to PGA. That's what got me started. That's what gave me the, uh, the field, the experience. Um, I'm, I'm sticking with them. Uh, I, haven't, I, I, I guess Phil Mickelson and some of those other people that move strictly for the money, eh, they, they, in my estimation... They dropped a notch yeah, or two. Yeah, gotcha, Boo. Boo Mortensen, always appreciate your point of view and your, your opinions. Thank you so much for joining us here on the show. My pleasure. All right, have a good week, Boo. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. School Choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America and is now supported by three out of four voters. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior schools of choice. Optima's goal is the successful launch of Hillsdale College, classical academies, and other schools of excellence, serving kindergarten through 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. A terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy opened this fall in a classical virtual school. Optima Classical Academy will open in 2022. Find out more by visiting OptimaEd.org. Help children in Florida optimize their education opportunities. Visit www.OptimaEd.org. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, 
Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. Choice Social is a new, refreshing social networking platform. And you can find out more and download the app by visiting the website choicesocial.us. We have with us Seton Motley, the founder and president of Left's Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Happy 5th of July. Happy 5th of July. Seton, uh, tell us about Left's Government. Yeah, we exist for the society, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and yeah. Yeah, you have a minority of folks that are pulling for that, but we hope that your work <laughs> is important. Keep it up. Thank you. You, uh, you wrote a great column. Uh, the Supreme Court of the United States declares our independence from D.C.'s great bureaucracy, and I think you're absolutely right about this. Maybe you can tell us about it. Yeah, you know, of course, obviously, yesterday was the Declaration of Independence, uh, 1776, uh, mainly authored by Thomas Jefferson, who I believe was 18 years old at the time. Yeah. And now we can't. Now you can't get a gun at 18. Um, and... Uh, what he basically said was, okay, you guys are out of touch, you're bloated, you're a bureaucracy, you're, you're, you're off in some distant capital, go away. And that was the, they set up the government to be that way. Um, you know, it's an anomaly in human history. People got together to form a government and didn't make themselves the overlords. Yeah. That never, ever happens. <laughs> they made the government subservient, they, they, they created, they themselves created subservient to the people that's amazing now we've we've dropped the ball we you know as, as my one of my favorite quotes uh, ben franklin leaves the uh constitutional convention mm-hmm. and somebody asked him what did you do a, 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 a monarchy or a republic he said a republic if you can keep it right and we haven't kept it so anyway the bureaucracy has slowly and now quickly crept up to where it's overlording over everything in a, in a society, which is not supposed to happen in our system of government. No. And the, the, one of the main ways this has happened is the founding fathers envisioned the three branches of government, legislative, judicial, and executive, fighting with each other to keep its power, its respective power, in its hands. Mm-hmm. Well, Congress doesn't want to do that and hasn't for a long time. Because they don't want their fingerprints on government expansion, because then they have to run for re-election. Government expansion isn't very popular, and they'll lose. So they've been allowing the judiciary, and especially the executive branch bureaucracy, the agencies, and commissions, and boards, and departments, to take more and more of their legislative authority and power away from them, because they don't have to run for re-election. Uh, the, the, uh, the Congress sellouts get the government expansion they want without their fingerprints on it right and we didn't do it it was that agency <laughs> yeah. it was that department it wasn't us right well they're supposed to be in control of it and one of the main tenets of maintaining control of it is congress you know i i love the line from the late justice Antonin Scalia: the constitution says what it says and doesn't say what it doesn't say well it's the same with laws the agencies aren't supposed to do anything until, unless and until Congress writes a law that tells them specifically to do that. Right. They, they can't write these open-ended laws and let the bureaucrats, you know, have their say. Now, to, to Scalia's great discredit, he ruled in the, I think it was 1997 or 87, 97, uh, Chevron decision, where he basically said, well, the government bureaucracies are the experts. They, they can determine what their limits on their power is. He uh, ruled in favor of that. Thomas wrote a blistering dissent, Clarence Thomas. Wow. And I, I, wrote a, I wrote a piece in 2013 said, Supreme Court rules, bureaucrats set their own power limits, none find any. <laughs> you know, I mean, of course, they're bureaucrats. They're power grabbers. That's what they do. They, you know. Well, of course, so anyway, you've you got to be referring to this EPA decision, which I think is a landmark decision. It well, is, it's huge because it, it goes way be, it goes to every agency, commission, and board. It's not right. just EPA. You know, sometimes like 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 in the uh, majority opinion on Roe, the Roe, the overturning of Roe, they said this applies specifically to abortion. It doesn't apply to gay rights. It doesn't apply to you know contraception. It's just on this decision did not limit itself. Right. It limited the EPA on the Clean Air Act, but it went, went further and said, this is the, this is the fundamental, this is the uh, 
you know, clear congressional authority, meaning Congress has to specifically grant authority to do something before the agency can do something. And that is huge. And it applies everywhere. And you and I have been talking about net neutrality. God, I've been talking about it since the late 2000s, 2000s, 2008, 2009, when the left invented it. Well, they tried in in 2010 to run on a, a slate of candidates in favor of net neutrality. They were 0 for 95. Yeah. All 95 lost in 2010. So they stopped trying to go through Congress. And, and started jamming it through the Federal Communications Commission, which is another federal executive branch agency. Congress has never written a law containing the phrase net neutrality. So there's no clear congressional authority. There's no congressional authority to do this. But they keep doing it via the FCC. What this ruling says is, hopefully, yeah, the, the FCC, to the FCC, you're limited. You can't do anything about net neutrality until Congress hands you a law that says do something about net neutrality. That's what this ruling does, and it does it to every agency, department, commission, and board in the federal bureaucracy. It, it, was, it was not a specific – it wasn't a sh- uh, rifle shot ruling. It was a shotgun ruling. It was all you clowns cut it out, not yeah. just this you clown cut it out. It was all you clowns. Well, we, we know there's going to be some follow-up uh, court cases on this, and hopefully the Supreme Court will hold its ground and continue to knock down these. I mean, the EPA way oversteps its bounds, and, and certainly the FCC and so many other organizations as well. Well, you, well, you know, the hardest thing to do, they've already done. Yeah, good. Which is to reverse precedent. Right. I, don't, I, I, think, I, I, I think agreeing with themselves down the road isn't as difficult, right? I mean, they've already, right? you know, they've, they've already staked out a new position for the court. Right. Agreeing with themselves later in subsequent cases, not as big a lift. <laughs> you know what? We, we addressed this in 2022, and we agree with ourselves then, and we agree with ourselves now. Absolutely. Seton Motley, again, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, I really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much, sir. My pleasure indeed. And again, uh, visit lessgovernment.org, lessgovernment.org to find out more. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. Okay, coming up, we're going to visit with Linda Harden. That's my wife, and uh, she has a lot on her mind. We'll find out what's on her mind as well. All that right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. You have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining to choice are the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Well, 
Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. We have with us Linda Harden. She's my wife. She wrote uh, Greetings from Paradise. A lot of people are hoping she'll come back and continue to do that. But in the meantime, she's on the show right now and uh, bringing us information on what's happening here locally and also around the globe. Linda, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning to you. You know, it was fun watching our friends play golf in that tournament yesterday. Yeah, we would. Uh, we took a ride over, and uh, of course, I'm pretty immobile still from my hip surgery. We were just grateful that I had it, but uh, uh, looking forward to recuperating. In the meantime, we watched uh, our tournament here at our club, and uh, it was fun to just walk, ride around and watch people make shots. It was. It was great. And then we'd watch that tournament from um, Ireland last night, which was we just couldn't stop watching it. It was really fun. Yeah. J.P. McMasters, I think, is the guy who owns that that golf um, course and that whole place where that beautiful castle was. In Ireland. In Ireland. And it was, and Tiger Woods was playing. Roy, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas. Ten of the top 12 players in yeah. the world were playing in this thing. And, uh, you know, we're talking to DeChambeau and uh, Tom. Uh, Xander. Xander. <laughs> <laughs> and Shoffley. Who was these... in the lead, by the way, when we turned it off. It was it was really fun to watch. But what amazes me is this guy is doing uh, charity work for, he's raising money for charities in the middle of Ireland. And all these top players in the world are coming over to support the effort. I mean, and he is such a soft-spoken, uncharismatic individual. It's just amazing. But it, to me, it's just... Just uh, of course, they're coming over primarily to get ready for the Scottish Open, and then of course for the uh, the the, uh, the British Open. British Open too. Oh, it was just it was just it, they look cold, eh? It, it was cold. Yeah, I was. I'm glad we were here. And it wasn't there. raining though. No, but it was. Um, I have to say, Golf Channel who broadcast it, it was great. The commentators were awesome. That woman was just terrific. I don't even know what her name was, but she was interviewing the golfers right before they they teed off, and it was. Uh, it was great. It was fun to watch. I hope we can watch um, round two today when it's, when it's on. Um, so um, also in that golf tournament, what amazed everyone was the gallery. There were like 100,000 people that were watching. Uh, on Locals from Ireland. I know. And it, it, it was so crowded. And, and they were, of course, following Tiger Woods, who didn't do all that great. But uh, they were watching. And even the golfers said... This is just amazing yeah. for a little local tournament that all these people came out. It was so much fun to watch. Yeah, and I, of course, golf in Ireland is different, but they did make the comment, and I forgot who made the comment. It might have been Tiger, but he said, this is the closest thing to, uh, to uh, what happens in, in uh, Georgia? I've forgotten, too. Masters. The, the Masters of any course that we've seen in, in uh, Europe. So uh, the, the players loved it. It was uh, they love the, the the track. They love the uh, the layout of the course. It was really fantastic. And one of the one of the golfers, I don't remember who, mentioned our friend Tony's Bally Bunyan, which was so which was so amazing. We've got to tell him. Tell oh, him absolutely. Uh, we do have a friend, Tony McMunn. I'll mention his name. He owns McMunn's in Bally Bunyan. Uh, it is a uh, well, what would you call it? A uh, well, it's a it's a bar and. Uh, Restaurant, and restaurant, pub. bar, and uh, pub. and and uh, pub, and uh, place to sleep. Uh, I guess we call it an inn. That's yeah. what it is. Uh, uh, McMahon's Inn. Anyhow, uh, some people put just mentioned Bally Bunyan. It was kind of cool. It was very cool. Anyway, back to reality. And um, I I was struck this morning, and it kind of annoyed me that we were wondering where the heck Joe Biden was all weekend. Well, he was at Camp David, and who does he sashay back into the White House when he returns? Uh, yesterday was Hunter. Hunter Biden. And it's, and it's just like, it's in your face to the American people. This guy who is, who is a dastardly um, drug, ad, drug addict, who, who, his lifestyle has, I mean... So selling out America to all these countries. And here's the thing. Mitt Romney made a comment. He said that uh, uh, if... Uh, uh, Trump gets reelected, it's going to destroy America. And he said that Joe Biden is a very good man. A really good guy. And, and, but see, that, in my opinion, that op-ed written by Mitt Romney was the dumbest possible thing he could do. Very close uh, to when he decided it was a good idea to 
become Pierre Delecto yeah. on Twitter. What an idiot. So let me draw attention to myself by showing the, the whole wide world that Donald Trump is living rent-free in Mitt Romney's head. They cannot stop being afraid of, of well, Donald and Trump. And how about Liz Cheney now saying that she's thinking about running for president so that so Trump won't be... <laughs> They are so afraid of him, and it just it just makes it very very interesting because they're just people are just going, why are you wasting our taxpayer dollar? Not Mitt Romney because he did his own op-ed that was different, but for this January sixth committee, why are you wasting yeah. the money? I mean, Adam Schiff is out there. Oh well, Adam Schiff is. Continues. We're going to bring charges. Yeah. Lying through his teeth again. Well, we can't reveal our everything right now, but it's coming. Yeah. Well, and he says that they're going to indict Trump. Well, they don't have the power to indict yeah. Trump. <laughs> and, and, oh, by the way, they should talk to their, their Benny Thompson, the chairman of their committee, who says, we're not indicting anybody. Right. It's No, it's just... What a... What a yeah, well, we're, a we're moving closer and closer to the midterms. And, of course, we're waiting for the big October surprise, whatever the Democrats are going to try to pull. I would suspect it's going to be something around uh, the virus and uh, trying to shut us down again. We'll try to figure out some way to do... Uh, mail-in ballots. Yeah, except it, it, that's true. Except Biden's approval rating is is in a death spiral. Seventeen percent among independents. I know, and 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 so they've got so many issues. And oh, by the way, it's not just Joe Biden; it's Kamala Harris and yeah. Pete Buttigieg, who is the perhaps the worst secretary of transportation that ever existed in the whole wide world. The airlines are clogged up. There are cancellations. There are more cancellations in one month than there was all last year. I'm, I think I've got my numbers straight. Right. And this guy says, I don't know what to do. Oh, we're going to make, we're, we're gonna make a... Um, we, we want you to know that you're entitled to a prompt refund. <laughs> what an idiot. Yeah. We've got a ship of fools running this country. It's a clown show. It is. It is a total clown show. Well, and, too, you know, I, I was looking at the G7. I was this, this group of... Presidents and leaders of countries around the world, the top G7, and uh, I was saying, where are the Churchills? Where are the Margaret Thatchers among this group? They look like a bunch dead. of idiots. They're, They're dead. And and it, it is just so amazing. They, they did a report on social media, um, I think it was social media, that, that said Emmanuel Macron, who is president of France, right, mm -hmm. is depressed. He's walking around depressed because for whatever reason... A, he's unpopular, and they stole the vote. He he didn't get the full the full. Um, what do you want to call it? The par not parliament, but um, right the group of the. Uh, well, let's call it the parliament. He has no power, in other words. Yeah. So he's he's depressed, and they're wondering. You know, he he's not eating whatever. Well, I mean, he, he could he could go to Joe Biden and see how Joe's handling it because he's just equally mean, perhaps more unpopular. Meanwhile, we continue to send more money to Ukraine, yeah. which is, I mean, if anybody hasn't figured it out, that is as corrupt and as And by the be. way, we don't have the money to send to Ukraine. No, I mean, we're, we're $30 trillion in debt, for crying out loud. When is, I mean, it's just, they think we're stupid. Yeah. They think we're stupid, and they can just do whatever they want, and um, nobody will notice. Well, people are noticing. People are just, I, I can't wait to watch um, Bannon this morning, uh, although I can't watch all of it, because I've I got an appointment, but he, they're going to, I mean, the cover is being pulled off of these people. That's right. And and meanwhile, getting back to Mitt Romney, which I just thought was the dumbest, dumbest, dumbest thing he could have possibly done. I mean, how long has Trump been out of office? What, 18 months? And these people just, they can't, they can't stop. Uh, well, that may be, but Trump is still the most popular politician in the United States of America, and I'm sure that's swimming around in their minds and, as well. And I don't know who said it last week, but I thought it was really... Um, on point is that is that these people are making it their their failures their incompetence everything they do is just shoving Trump right back into the White House no question Linda Harden again I just genuinely appreciate your commentary here in the show thank you so much for joining us welcome all right well that's a wrap here in today's show I hope you enjoyed it tomorrow we've got some special guests Bob Levy the chairman of the Cato Institute will continue our conversation about immigration reform Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz, will be with us as well. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com, bobharden at hotmail.com. By the way, if you enjoy the show, please tell your friends 
uh, our advertisers uh, who support the show will really appreciate that. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.